This hit goes out to you, Mr. Wick. Woke up this morning. 42 regular, wasn't it? Yeah. And so it begins. The only way John Wick will ever have freedom and peace is in death. Yeah. You sound insane. You realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. Seriously? It's showtime. It's the fourth John Wick episode that we've done on Mad About Movies, but probably the dozenth or so conversation we've had about John Wick. We can't get enough of John Wick. We're here with Chapter 4, the untitled. It's just Chapter 4. There's no Parabellum attached this time <laughs> around. I guess they ditched that idea. So we're, we're at Chapter 4. Is this the last chapter? We'll discuss on this episode of Mad About Movies. Welcome in. I'm Kent, joined by co-hosts Richard and Brian. Richard's back in the fold this week, up in New Mexico. Richard, did you have to see this one at the local dollar theater the one screen that you got up there in uh in we new mexico in, we did have a great we've got a good theater in this town now and it, it was a very this is the state of the movie industry because playing at said theater was john wick 4 avatar 2 creed 3 and oh ant-man 3 <laughs> like wow <laughs> <laughs> those that's was that was the four screens mm. So that was and a little God is depressing. God not dead three, right? Also yeah, that was the one we were missing. God's not dead three. God is dead. <laughs> spoiler alert. Um, they kill him off in the third one. Yeah, spoiler. <laughs> yeah, so it was it was a uh, it was a depressing, but it was a nice little theater. I'm pumped. Awesome Got a option here now. Do they have stadium seating now, Richard? No, God no. Okay. No, it's exactly as you saw it, I think. You saw what, Phantom Menace there, you said? Yeah, I saw Phantom Menace at that theater in 1999. uh, I bet it's 15% better now. Okay. Sweet. Yeah, it was good. I caught this one in Dolby Sound, (laughs) Dolby Vision. Look at you. I'm usually not a big buyer in the gimmicky, you know, unless it's it's state, it's like it's IMAX certified or whatever. I'm not, I'm usually not paying extra for any kind of theatrical experience. But I did the Dolby Vision, and man, that bad boy, it rocked the chairs. Like, that thing was loud as a mother. It looked great. It was awesome. So, might have to reconsider if I see Dolby Vision as an option. If you see God is Not Dead now. 3 and Dolby Vision, it's crazy. Yeah. Last movie I saw uh, was Fifty Shades uh, Darker in Dolby Vision. Hmm. And that was, let me tell you, talk about immersive. <laughs> <laughs> Your smells is soaked in sweat. I'm really excited for the movie draft coming up soon. Mm. So get get soaked for that, listener. We, I think we're doing that next week. We'll probably split it into two movie drafts this year, one for Oscar season, one for everything else. So we'll do the everything else probably one probably coming up pretty soon. So get ready for that. And I will have the punishment for last year's movie draft, which is Fifty Shades Freed episode coming at you very soon on the VIP feed. Because for obvious reasons. When I think about can't let sort of listen to that one. S&M erotic cinema, I think Ken Garrison. Always have, always will. <laughs> well, that'll be coming at you, no pun intended, very soon. All right. John Wick 4, 
fellas. I had a great time this past week <laughs> rewatching John Wick 1 through 3. You know, there's like a lot of franchises we do here. You know, I do my due diligence for the podcast. I'll rewatch movies, uh, catch myself up, you know, immerse myself in the world as much as I can to get myself in the mindset to talk about it. And there's a lot of universes that I just dread going back in. I'm like, oh, no, week of this. I am very not looking forward to that. But John Wick, I was excited every single day. It's like, all right, John Wick 1, and then John Wick 2, and John Wick 3. <laughs> I rewatched John Wick 3 twice, actually, nice. because I uh, wanted to go back and experience some things about it. But yeah, love this universe. Guys, I'm white. And I'm in my mid-30s, and I'm a dude. So, of course, I love John Wick, okay? Let's <laughs> get that out of the way. This is, a, this is an easy one to love. It's made for us. So, obviously, uh, we're in for this this type of thing. But I think this franchise is different than other, other franchises, fellas. But at the moment of this recording, I can't think of a franchise I viscerally enjoy more than these. Brian, I'll pass it off to you on general thoughts on... John Wick, the franchise, headed into this one. Yeah, you know, I think part of what's great about this series, I'm going to look and see if I can, while I talk, I'm going to see if I can find the the tweet. I should have been prepared. Because our guy Joel posted something in- Oh, I saw the tweet. It was like, it's the most agreeable franchise. Yeah. Yeah. It's from somebody on on Twitter's name is is, uh, Jason. Very little discourse around John Wick. I don't know. Yeah. So the, the tweet was just, John Wick has to be one of the most discourseless movie franchises there's ever been. <laughs> Every new one is just, oh boy, another one. And then when people see it, watch it, it's like, hell yeah, John Wick shot that guy. And that's exactly what it is. It's, you know, as somebody who really does like blockbuster and, and big franchise movies and stuff like that, like, <laughs> I fully admit that while contributing to it, one of the biggest beatings um, surrounding movies is just is the fanboy culture of it all and having to deal with having to like have conversations about movies and wondering if the person that you're talking to doesn't like a movie because it was had some bad dialogue and was poorly made in places and the editing was bad or if they don't like that movie because there's a woman who talks you know and like having to deal with (laughs) with just like (laughs) <laughs> or it didn't jive with their fan theories of what should be happening in that in that franchise and stuff like that. John Wick movies, um, you know exactly what you're going to get. Every single movie. This is, by the way, this is a little bit of what the Fast movies discovered and I think maybe have probably run too far at this point, but mm-hmm. Fast movies maybe are the, the um, or were the poster child for this of just like, we're going to do stupid stunts. We're going to talk about family. We're going to nominally have a car race at some point in here. Um, it's just going to be dumb action the whole time. And you're going to go home and be like, yes, that was awesome. I loved it. I had a great time tonight. These movies have picked up on that and, and do this, this bit very well. So I did the same kit. I watched all three movies leading into this, um, went to see this late Sunday night with a couple of buddies and it was just the most fun at the theater. Like it's just, it's stupid and everything that happens is dumb. And you like, I just sit there like, almost cackling the whole time because it's just like, oh, he's got nunchucks now. Let's go. He has nunchucks now. I mean, I go back all the time to the third one. <laughs> they, he's fighting in a knife museum, guys. Like, that's 
That is the I most. I always go thing. when I travel. I always hit the knife museum. <laughs> yeah, when they came up with that one, you know, when they were in the white. He fights Boban in a library. Yeah, exactly. I mean, oh, it's all you got to exactly. know. Exactly. It's just it's it's fun. It's it's dumb. Um, it these movies ha- really understand their identity. They're They've really gotten, aesthetically pleasing too. By the yes, way, I think totally, totally. Oh, they they look the lighting oh, in these movies, guys. Yeah. Yes, unbelievable. Like yes. I just, I'm just like. That's the wrinkle they add. They don't for like all these movies. They, they look incredible. They might be cheap in terms of thrills and in terms mm-hmm. of some dialogue moments yeah. stuff, but they don't look cheap. That's where yeah. they're unique amongst all the pulp stuff history. I mean, they are beautiful films. They have yeah. a unique quality too, a unique yeah. look too. Like yeah. you know, you see a frame, you know, it's the kind of in the John Wick universe. Absolutely, and they it's kind of defined- Blade Runner meets. I don't, yes. you know, it's like Blade Runner meets Fast Five is like the look and feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's got yeah. this kind of dystopian feel to it. I love the way they shoot uh, New York. I mean, this one to to go to Japan, I mean, I thought was a stroke of genius. Uh, to have the Paris element in it, I thought was a stroke of genius too. I mean, I don't want these movies to end anytime soon. Richard, where did you fall in these kind of headed into it? I'm very excited with you along with you guys. It's not one. It's funny. It it operates a very peculiar place in my brain. I've grown to really love this series. We we've talked about this in previous episodes. Talking about these, we we kind of we talk about our wins all the time on the show. We kind of whiffed on the first one. We didn't really mm-hmm. get it fully in the moment, and subsequently watched it more. Oh, this is kind of fun. And then uh, the sequels kind of cemented it. So by now, obviously, in the fourth one excitement but these operate this is not something I, I something i'm always very excited for but not something i really anticipate meaning it's like oh cool it's john wick week i don't really count down the weeks or days to it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like i have for other franchises in the past where i'm like oh i can't wait for whatever but this one is 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 but i'm but it's like oh cool i'm gonna go see john wick this weekend i'm, I'm very excited for that but i because they are so simplistic in terms of plot i think that's what's interesting about it they don't I'm excited, but I don't anticipate meaning. I, it's not like I'm going, oh, man, I can't wait to find out how this mystery's solved. Right. Or what's this one going to be? It's like, no, I know exactly what it's going to be. <laughs> I'm, I'm fine. There is little to no like real thought in terms of that. And I'm still just as excited. It's a really interesting and unique experience uh, building up to these because it's not, there's no like, who's going to be John Wick's dad? You're going to find right, out in Jedi right, Week 5. Right. Like, it's like, yeah. nope, he's just going to yeah. shoot stuff. Yeah. Well, be here at nine. <laughs> I'll counter that a little bit in this one going in. Yeah, you, I, th- I think, know what to expect. But I wouldn't say that this movie, like when you're leaving it, you would say that's what I expected. It wasn't how I felt about it. Maybe that's sure how you felt. But I would say this one more than the other three twisted and turned me in directions that I didn't expect uh, when it came to stakes and things like that. In terms of us whiffing on the first one, uh, I don't think it's a criticism of us as much as it is how good that second one was. Because even going back and rewatching them, guys, John Wick 2 might be my favorite of all of them. It's so awesome. It's so great. And it just puts that first one into a totally different context. It takes it up a notch. It's the almost the perfect sequel, and that, so yeah. I can't act like that doesn't exist. You know, that, that's what it. That's what it is for me because I, I I'll kind of split the difference because 
I think the second is the, the for me, is the quote-unquote worst of the four, but they're all super fun. But there is something about the second one, for, from my own experience, that was like, I remember being about halfway through that movie, and it suddenly was like, oh, I get it now. Like Dude, I don't the know, second I, one I don't went- really know why, but it did contextualize the first one. Like I, I watched, I kind of went to watch the second one, being like, Ugh, I don't know about, I don't know that I care about this. And right. an hour in, I was like, I super care about this whole franchise, and yeah, I don't know, I don't know why, because it's not like this is. There's something about the second one for me that contextualized the first one, and then I was just all in on this series. What it, the, the exact moment for me where where it is when they put the international hit out on John Wick and they send the text message to everybody, mm-hmm. and then everybody mm-hmm. just turns and looks at Wick and like he's the most wanted man in the world, and the entire that's all this movie is now is everyone's just trying to kill John Wick, and mm-hmm. I was all in once that plot device was kind of revealed. I'm in for the blood oath stuff and you got to take down these mobsters and all that, you know, wife gave him the dog. Okay. That's all fine. But once they take it to that level of international espionage or whatever, and I don't know, they just keep upping. I think that's a great device to use, which they use in this movie brilliantly is let's just up the dollar amount Mm -hmm. and it just gets more and more intense guys. Keanu Reeves in these, I can't believe he's able to do this choreography, this stunt work. He did 90% of his own stunts in this movie. And I think I know the sequence where he didn't do his own stunts, but we'll talk about that. But the amount of like memorization and just physical toll and training that he has to go through to do these movies, I've never seen anything like it. He's in every scene of this movie and he's fighting for two hours straight. I mean, imagine yeah. how many shots, they, how many takes they had to do, how much training he had to do. He had to memorize every single element of where to have the gun and every single... I mean, it's... We talk about acting as like dialogue and emotion, but like it's a total another level of acting that I've never seen at this level before. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's crazy. It's cruising. It's... I mean, it's... The only thing I can really compare it to is Jackie Chan. Yeah, that's fair. And he's just bringing this entire mm-hmm. physicality to what he does, and the one-liners, the John Wick character himself. I think I think Keanu is a, a fine actor. I think he hams it up so hard on purpose for this movie, where he knows that it's everything he says is a one-liner. It's like I'm ready. I'm gonna <laughs> kill you. You know, it's just the most overly dramatic. Just like, he's trying to do in 1984 schwarzenegger movie (laughs) like that's Mm. the mindset he's in and i'm all in for it like he's he knows exactly the tone to hit still kind of cringy but not like he's got a b-movie quality to it but it's not full b-movie you know what i'm saying like no he's he's perfect for these i mean that, that, that is part of of the john wick mystique and like why these things work is because i think keanu reeves i if if you talk to anybody who has had any contact with the industry like at all they all to him. They will. Every single person will say Keanu Reeves is the nicest, greatest human that that you know I've, I've ever come across in all these things. I think he is a great guy. I think he is like barely passable as an actor most of the time in most of the movies that he's been in over the years. He's a great physical actor, which you just you kind of touched on, Kent. Um, 
He does the, the physicality of this. He's a genuine is, martial is artist. Remarkable. Yeah. yeah. Remarkable. And that that's not for nothing. That counts for something. As far as like, you know, facial expressions and line delivery and what we typically think of when we think of, you know, quote unquote acting and stuff, I would say that he's he's usually not very good if if we're being, you know, totally honest. He it works so perfectly for this role. He he embodies like the cheese and the ham it up like that specifically works for the way that he acts it it, he he plays into this the character is written for him so well to highlight exactly what it is that he truly excels at um and and he he hits those notes so well like i don't think his range is very big at all um but when you are in his wheelhouse it's he's freaking great at it and Mm. So you, th- this is like the perfect character, the perfect movie, the perfect vehicle for what he does well, and it just continually through the course of these four movies, and I think like maybe to the the, this is the like the peak of that. Um, it really, really like the movie just goes out of its way to be like, what does Keanu do well? Cool, we're gonna just keep doing that over and over and over and over again, and it's going to leave you in a place where you're like, God, he's freaking awesome in this, and. And he is, he is, he's awesome in these movies. Yeah, man, he, this, uh, John Wick came out in 2014. And right before that, in 2013, he had Man of Tai Chi and 47 Ronin, which were both historical flops. Yeah. And then, man, just one movie, the right director, the right property, the right character can just turn everything around and make you the most Mm -hmm. wanted man in Hollywood he makes that, makes a couple John Wicks, and boom, Toy Story 4 is calling, you know? Yeah. And yeah. we want you, we want to reboot the Matrix, and we want to do another Bill and Ted, and all this kind of stuff coming back his way. But about if 47 Ronin comes out in, in 2020, I feel like it's probably pretty, like if it comes out post John Wick, I probably it's probably pretty successful. They have got like, you know, 75 Ronin by now, or, or whatever it is. But <laughs> I, I, uh, I've always admired his uh, commitment to what he does, the martial arts aspect of it. I think um, that's certainly a lost art in Hollywood nowadays. But these movies are just so much different than than kind of anything we've ever seen before. I love the characters in it, kind of all the side characters. Ian McShane's one of my favorite characters. Yeah. Winston is such an awesome character. Such a cool Like character. I want him on screen more than John Wick. he's so Jonathan hello Jonathan like god what a freaking great great character such a cool entire series just on it sounds like we're getting that actually aren't we about the continental yeah Yeah. god give me that all day that was that that, he's awesome in these and then in this cast we have added uh Bill Skarsgård fellas Mm. ultimate creepy villain guy the whole freaking family's creepy man I just I don't even I don't I don't like looking at them. They're they're all creepy to me. He's he's really good. I, I love love me some Bill Skarsgård. Crazy how much he looks like a young Steve Buscemi. Have you seen those comparisons? Yeah, yeah, really. Yeah. It's very, very weird. We also have Donnie Yen, fellas, of It Man. Awesome. Let's fame. Go. That's so great. So we get <laughs> we're we're setting up for a John Wick V It Man battle it's you know it's what you would think going into this the way they go about getting to that i thought was really really fun as well with marquise Duggar Mall, 
Skarsgård's mm-hmm. character essentially setting up Kane, Yen's character to face in this duel with them. What was your favorite moment in this movie? These movies are n- known for moments. It's what I leave mm-hmm. thinking about is this one scene or this one kill or this one action moment. What for you was the moment, Brian, for me, mm-hmm. it's that first bout with Donnie Yen in the yeah. museum, art museum thing. Good grief. <laughs> yeah. So good. The That sequence, it's, it's, you know, very close to the beginning of the movie and it lasts for like 40 minutes at least, I would guess. Like it's a really long action sequence that kind of feels, it's not quite like, it's not built to make it feel like it's uncut, you know, like it's just like, oh, we're just rolling the whole time. Cause you, you're jumping back and forth between a couple of different um, or different like battles. Yeah. Different, different setting. There's like the green yeah. whole green room that they're fighting right. in and they go back up and they have an unchucks with the other guys and then it's yeah. the one-on-one and yeah. But there's no, there's no break. There's not even, there's not even a second where you're not just watching one person shoot at or, or attack with a sword or shoot or hit with a nunchuck or whatever else. Like it, it's just a, for 40 minutes, you're just like, holy cow, this just keeps going. And then at some point in there, I've referenced Knife Museum in, in the third movie a lot because, again, I think that is that is like the quintessential um, John Wick thing. Like they figured out like, hey, what if he what if he stumbled into a knife museum and started having to fight people in the knife museum? Well, that sounds awesome. And in this one, that moment to me was... He knocks over a glass and he reaches down in there and he pulls out a pair of nunchucks and he just wallops dudes for about three or four minutes with a nunchuck. I mean, that was an incredible sequence. And it was just, again, I'm just kind of laughing and just me and my buddies are all just having the greatest time. And, uh, and yeah, I, that, that, there's a lot of great set, uh, set pieces in this thing. The, the arch, um, is great. The stairs is a funny, the car sequence, funny the arc. <laughs> God, that was great. Yeah, a lot like, of great scenes. The way they had his door torn off so you could see him yeah. the entire time. So smart, man. Was so, so cool. Yeah. What a what a nice little little detail. Speaking of details, the the detail when he takes his coat off late in the movie and you just hear bullet shells like hitting the ground. Yes. As he's taking oh, those small so little funny. things. Yeah. I just love about this series. They get it. Yeah. So John Wick wants to basically retire, right? But he can't retire. He's been pulled back into this thing. People say like, all this is because a a dead dog? No, it's because the dog was given to him by his wife. So that's what this all comes back to. The Kane character reminded me, obviously, of his character in Rogue One, right? Being blind, the blind Jedi. I mm-hmm. don't know that why that's a thing, but okay, let's just have Donnie Yen be a, a blind martial artist in movies. I think that's a good bit. He does it well. And it worked incredibly well here with the, the pistol. I don't understand how they choreograph some of this stuff. I mean, it's like mm-hmm. multiple, multiple things happening at once. And like one thing messes up, you kind of have to go, go back and reset everything and breaking glass. And so I just, I would love to see the the behind the scenes on this one because- I just think from a technical aspect, this one turned it up to 11. What did you think about the other characters that we have stalking him along the way? The one named, or just credited as Tracker. 
my favorite sequence though before we leave that was the I love the dueling pistols thing at the yeah basilica. Mm-hmm. Um, that was just such a great kind of like mixture of of high and low um, culture with that. It was just a, a great setting. All that. Sorry, <laughs> yeah. wanted to get that in there. Very we get, yeah. We won't get super spoilery, and you didn't spoil anything there. But what I'll no. say to that is, without getting spoilery, the way it starts out with John Wick riding a horse, which by the way, never thought that would work. More John Wick on a horse. Yeah. That works really well. <laughs> but it starts out with that Western theme, and then it ends on that kind of Western theme, too, with the duel. So I thought that was a cool loop so back you, around thematically yeah, your, there. Do you question the the kind of Mr. Nobody tracker guy? Yeah. Yeah, he was cool. He was pretty <laughs> what badass. What else can you say? Yeah, that's the cool... Cool character that was uh, menacing and everything I would want. So I want to talk about yeah. what what his character might mean a little bit later. Yeah, uh, but I thought that was awesome. What did we think about the poker scene in the movie? <laughs> he goes to Berlin, trying mm. to get back in this, trying to well, kill Berlin in this kind of movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man, the locations I'm telling you are just incredible. He's trying to kill Marquis at the end of the day, but he has to go mm-hmm. through Berlin to get there because he has to get in another club to get him access. It's a, there's a whole, there's a lot of rules. Okay. (laughs) At the high table, he has to go fight this guy whose name in the movie is Killa. Am I the only one? I thought that was Tom Hardy for like the entire time (laughs) in a fat suit. I was like, Oh cool. Another inaudible Tom Hardy role. that we didn't know about. And he's playing a weird guy. Great job, Tom. Then I leave and go look it up, and it was understand what he said. That's it was problem. Scott Adkins. He yeah. invented the diet, right? The Adkins diet, yeah. <laughs> Very random Tom Hardy appearance, but that character was was fun. Really fun sequence there with the poker game, and then it all sets up for the duel. The way that Marquis ups the ante. What do you think about the radio bit at the end? awesome it was awesome like the the i i will say that's where the movie these movies like kind of like this movie's way too long we acknowledge that that's part of it feels like we're contractually obligated to say that every week yeah i will say though with this one i was like i didn't really feel it i mean i knew i was in the theater for a really long time um but most of it i'm having such a good time that i didn't it didn't bother me but in the, but like in principle, I would say a John Wick movie needs to be two hours or less. There can't, it cannot be a three hour experience like this thing was. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not really mythology, but the the infrastructure, I guess, of this whole world that they've created mm-hmm. here with the Continentals and the assassins and the the combination of um, technology with sort of. Uh, anachronistic technology i guess or 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 old world kind of uh mentality on on these things i think that stuff rules like i think it's so much fun and i typically would like the aliens movie i would say a problem with the the more recent aliens movies is that no one cares as much about the mythology of the aliens as ridley scott thinks that we do so I would say you're kind of risking that with these movies too of like the more you dig into the continental and the network and the you reference the the radio thing Kent and 
and all w- this stuff. W X I A. W killed in action. <laughs> right, right. You you run the you run the risk of people kind of checking out because it's like I'm just here to see John Wick kill people. And, you know, people try to kill John Wick, but like, I actually think it's, it makes this a cooler universe and kind of opens up like, obviously they're trying to open up, um, spinoffs and whatnot. And we know they've got the Continental series is coming and Ballerina's coming maybe next year and, and all this kind of stuff. So that, I mean, this, that's part of it, but I actually think that stuff is pretty great. And it, it builds the, at least it builds the, the, to me, at least it builds the fun of, this whole world like i don't at some point we'll get tired of john wick movies but we're four in and they get longer you know the movies get longer every time there's more and more to them we 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 delve further into this weird world that that we've built here and i think it's all i think it gets more fun by the movie i love all that stuff i think it's really really enjoyable and keeps it from becoming just a tedious he okay now he's gonna kill this okay now he's gonna yeah. kill okay now he's gonna i think there's something to the whole world that building stuff thing. Yeah, yeah that i it's think not, is fun yeah it, 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 yeah there's more to look into than just the the kills on the page i wonder if anybody i'm sure they have i don't know if with this most recent movie included if they've added up how many people john wick has killed in these movies it's got to be like 500 by now or something crazy right <laughs> sure it's nuts yeah. One of the most this, impressive this, he things. He might kill 500 in this movie alone. I mean, he, this oh, is, seriously. Yeah. yeah. The, one of the most impressive things about him is A, his awareness of his surroundings. His ability to reload is amazing. The ability to know what weapons are around him, too, that he can use. Like when he runs out of bullets and doesn't have time to reload, he'll grab another weapon, fire off two bullets, and then go back to his original <laughs> weapon once he has the yeah. time. Like all of those little details are, are amazing to me. I loved when uh, Marquis kept, keeps upping the the money at the end yeah. to try to get him dead, and then it sets up for that last sequence of him on the steps, <laughs> and it just goes forever. And when he falls down the steps, like there's audible laughter in the theater when that happens. It's just like this yeah. guy's indestructible. He is. He's falling off buildings. He's falling down. 200 steps multiple times and he's just getting uh-huh. up and walking away like this guy is basically superhero level and that sets us up for the end the big duel this is when i talk about stakes swerving is he dead guys is that really what what we're doing here no cannot be killed no yeah was born dead at the end of born three no I think that was a convenient way to do things. Like, oh, he's okay. We we show the grave, and we can, if we want to move on, we can. If we want to take eight years before we do the next one, we can. You know, whatever. We can we can let it be. We can see how this does financially, which, by the way, very well turns out. I think they want to to let the the franchise breathe a little bit, which I think is probably pretty smart. Do these spinoffs and all this kind of stuff. Um, but I, I, I think when they need John Wick, they will, they will be able to make a John Wick movie again when it's time. Well, the multiverse of Wick. So he's dead in this universe. Exactly. Yeah. But then you just invite another, you just, (laughs) Ezra Miller is going to run backwards. Yeah. It's going to be totally. It's all good. It seemed like they were setting it up for the tracker to take over uh, the I don't know, his job or whatever, the kind of the way he, he ends with the tracker. Also, Keanu is apparently in Ballerina. 
Mm-hmm. So although it's a prequel spinoff, so to speak, um, they're he, lucky that their star looks has looked exactly the same for like fifteen years. <laughs> yeah, I, I man, Keanu's fifty eight though. I know. I mean, how many more of these can he do? Like, wouldn't you think he'd want to? He'd be like, all right, give me on the next one ASAP. Because when he's like sixty three, is he really going to be wanting to do these movies? I don't know. Can he? Yeah, I, I mean. At some point that runs out, right? But I mean, you know, warriors have a way of healing faster, you know? So like maybe he can continue to do do this for, I mean, he and Cruz are just be out there crushing, I guess. um, The one sequence I didn't think was him in the movie was the one that was shot all overhead, which was an amazing sequence. Yeah. But I I was just kept thinking like, why would you have Keanu Reeves do this? There's no reason to, (laughs) you can't see him. It probably that took sequence two ruled. weeks to oh, shoot that yeah. sequence. Why would you need Keanu for that? Yeah. Unless he wanted yeah, to that, be there. The one with right. the, all the incendiary bullets and stuff. That was an incredible awesome. sequence. That was one of the coolest things I've ever seen in an action movie. Yes. <laughs> so it, was, awesome. it was like the Minority Report scene times yeah. 50 uh-huh. yeah. of the with, uh, with fire. Yeah, yeah. With, with incendiary rounds. With incendiary like, rounds oh and sumo wrestling and <laughs> yeah. you know every, anything you could ever want in a movie. Oh, man. I can't get over like how cr- I want to see this again, just so I can like digest. Is, these are ones you want to go back and watch, just because you feel like you missed so many little moments in them. And uh, this one is no different than than the others. Mm-hmm. How would you rank them of the four? This out? is this is your new pin number on your debit card, Brian. <laughs> yeah. I gotta say, as much as I love so this, this might be like my third favorite. Like I love two and three so much. This, this is like right beneath that, and then the first one's just obviously the first one. But uh, I like I like this one a lot. But I think two and three just hit hit a mark that is just like very hard to hit for me. I think for me it's probably I think I go four three one two. Oh, four's at the top. This was awesome, man. Like I, I three. You know, I mentioned previously, like two is where it all kind of clicked for me, but that made one better. Three, they really upped the ante on like, okay, you guys like that? Awesome. Well, here you go. Again, Knife Museum, uh, Hollyberry with the dogs. Um, some of the sequences down the stretch of three were just ridiculous. Um, and then also you kind of get that added element of that one was the one that really starts getting into the world um, that we're working in, the Continental, the Winston stuff, all that. Yeah, Jordan, the yeah. battle in the hotel in three is awesome. That yeah. is a that is an awesome stretch. This one, it I mean, there's there's maybe ten minutes of downtime. I feel like in the whole movie, and all of the these action sequences are great. Donnie Yen is an incredible addition to this cast. This rules. I mean, it's just it's just so so much fun every time out. So yeah, it's hard for me. I don't know. Maybe in a couple of weeks, maybe I'll come back and change the order of that. But at least prisoner of the moment, this is the best one for me. If in fact John Wick is still alive and they make John Wick five, that's set after this movie. Two things. First of all, gotta have the scene. They're setting up for the scene of him just with the, the Gruber. S- yeah, with the with the jackhammer just chiseling out his stuff that he buried in John Wick two in his. Yeah. In his house, remember, with the cement and all that? Yep. He buries all his stuff. Uh, waiting for that, so can't wait. And can we get uh, Jackie Chan? 
Yeah. Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be a, that'd be pretty incredible if we could uh if we could add him into this thing. That'd be fun. I need it. By the way, when that guy throws him back down the stairs that he just yeah. Oh my gosh. Ah, what a I was cackling. Just like that is so and he just keeps rolling. Oh, great bit. Great bit. <laughs> Poor stunt guy that had to do that. Just oh, all right, go again. <laughs> There's some like I saw some Instagram reel or something that was a behind the scenes yeah, from this yeah, of yeah. just a guy rolling down the stairs. <laughs> They're like, all right, action, yeah. and a guy just tumbles down the stairs. They're like, cut, good. <laughs> it's like, oh, poor guy. <laughs> oh, it's tough work, man. Yeah. Hey, it's good work if you can get it. All right, Keanu, love it. John Wick, I'm giving it an A. What about you? Uh, or actually, A plus. Sorry, uh, Brian. Yeah, A plus for me. This is just too much fun. Like I said, maybe I come. It comes down as we see some of the other movies this year. But golly, this was fun. Richard? I'm gonna knock it. I'm gonna knock it down an entire letter grade because it's three hours long. You know my rule. So I'm gonna give it just a solid <laughs> That's A. It's fair. fair. Otherwise, my only defense to that gotta plus. have a code. Yeah. My yeah. only defense to that would be like if they saw this as like the end movie. And it's like, okay, we can do three hours. This is the last one mm-hmm. for sure. four years or whatever it is. Okay, uh, there you go. There's the grades for John Wick. Four. We'll return to talk Continental. And then Ballerina starring Ana de Armas in the lead role. Mm-hmm. Side note, somebody who we need in this universe? Carrie Russell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She yeah. kicks so much ass in the Americans. Just like yeah. that for destroys. Like, <laughs> yeah. She would be great in this. All right. Maybe, maybe in the ballerina, hopefully. Get some carry. All right. Let's hit a weekly recommend, fellas. Weekly recommends. What you got, Richard? Yeah, I'm gonna recommend a book um that I read a little while back, but uh I haven't had a chance to recommend it. It's uh Blood Sweat and Chrome. By Kyle Buchanan's about the making of Fury Road. Um, oh, the, nice! The, I heard about this. Yeah, and all the uh, turmoil and all thing that went with that. But it's also, you know, really incredible, um, you know, vision by George Miller to, to make it as well to kind of overcome a lot of things. And now they're doing it again with Furiosa. So uh, I thought it was kind of timely to, to recommend that this year. But uh, yeah, really cool kind of Hollywood modern Hollywood book. Is um, Furiosa coming out this year? No. No, it's next year, right? Believe so. Yeah. yeah. It's her name, isn't it? Uh Anya Taylor Joy. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is it so is the is the behind the scenes story interesting though? Oh my god, yeah. Okay, good. Because so it's you know, the whole top, it's not just like uh, oh, yeah. details. You haven't heard like all that like, all the stuff? Tom Hardy and Charlie Theron hated each other, like there was no speak it was a whole well, kind of a very no speaking. I've heard about a lot about Hardy. Yeah. Um but I didn't know, you know, oh, yeah. if it was like a good big book drama. Uh, in terms of that stuff, or it's just like oh yeah, big time nerds. drama. Cool. No, not just for movie nerds, pop culture nerds too. But it's a great movie nerd book too. Awesome. It'll be a classic of the genre, I think. Blood, sweat, and chrome. That's what that one's Let's called. Let's check that out now. I, I don't love that movie, and I know that makes me weird, but I wasn't super interested in that book. But now, I, mean, I think you'll change my tune. Yeah. 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 Okay. okay. What you got, Brian? I recommend an album. It came out at the very end of 2022, um, but I just I just started listening to it recently. Um, the artist's name is Adim the Artist. 
The album is called White Trash Revelry. That is a word I struggle to say. Revelry. It's like uh, alt-country Americana kind of stuff uh, that I really dig. And is... But it's very... It's not Isbelly, because Isbelly, like, almost every song is very sad. Um, It's a little more upbeat than that, but there's, like... There's messaging and words that are very... It's very well-written. He clearly has, like, a a social bent on... Or social justice bent on a lot of the stuff that he writes about. Um, The really... Just really well-crafted, lyrically kind of songs. And then the music is, is, is great, too. So... The song that I first that like popped up on a you know a random Spotify list that I really liked that got me like oh okay, we'll see what this guy's about. It's called Books and Records. It's really good, and uh, but the whole album's awesome. Really dig it. So that's how you found Macklemore too. Say it again. That's how you found Macklemore too. That's true. Yeah, and every day is an adventure <laughs> in Macklemore. So. And then the moment that's your alarm clock. <laughs> <laughs> City can't uh, hold Brian. Yeah, never has been able to. Right. <laughs> yeah, North Richland Hills could not hold Brian. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to recommend a book, uh, and it's the Rick Rubin book. Oh yeah, nice. called uh, a creative, the creative act, a way of being. And Rick Rubin is the music producer behind such legends as the Beastie Boys and mm. Weezer. And uh, the Chili Peppers. Oh, can't all be winners. That's tough. Hmm. Ruben knows that Frushanti is the heart of the Chili Peppers. And <laughs> yeah. always has been. No one says that. But this is kind of, it's not like, here's how I produce this, this band. And here's the story of this song. It's way more broad and just like how he approaches creativity, how he gets inspired, how, you know, some methods that like, Oh, this artist is going through writer's block. Here's something we did to get them out of it, you know? Um, and it's the way it's broken up into really short little, almost daily, like a I don't know, daily reads type of thing. Like a, like a the chapters are like three or four paragraphs long. It's broken up into really small chunks. So it's easy to digest. Um, like the first half is really broad and him talking about just a lot of his philosophical beliefs and then the second half is way more like tips and tricks for creatives which i found really uh inspiring inspirational and uh you know it's it's along the lines of the stephen king writing book and just like Mm. here's how i've done it it works for me this way might Mm. not work for you but at the end of the day when you read it you're just like really inspired to go just do stuff you know and i think that's kind of the point of it so it's called the creative act a way of being Nice. It's real. Uh, I mean, he's super hippie. So just keep that in mind uh, going in. Like this guy hasn't shaved his beard in 30 years. So uh, that's kind of all you need to know. Check it out. All right. There's Week of Recommends. There is John Wick 4. Hope you enjoyed See you guys it. guys for Ballerina. Let us know what you think of it and what you thought of this one in the uh, comments. If you're on Spotify, they have comments now, apparently. So leave us one there. Nice. Leave us a nice review, a nice uh, rating if you enjoyed it. And we'll be back next week for Brian's specialty, Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, guys, I'm finally doing So I'm looking forward to finding out what Dungeons and Dragons is next week. Yeah. We're not Can't even wait. reviewing the movie. We're just going to play Dungeons and Dragons for the first time together. So 
If you explain the rules, uh, it'd probably be, you know, six hour podcast, something like that. Yeah. And so, there are so many strap in to do that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. No, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We'll be back next week. More movie talk, but see us in the VIP this week for Cleopatra talk, which is one of the all time flops, a historic talk about behind the scenes drama, historic behind the scenes drama that we dive into this week in the VIP feed. So check that out. Madaboutmoviespodcast.com slash VIP. We'll see you next time. It's goodbye. Hey baby, I hear the blues are calling tossed salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegs. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me ya ya. The salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again.